You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Imitators of God is the title of this devotion. My father, in 1951, I think it is, wrote my mother a love letter. I think it's the year they got married. He wrote her a love letter when he was working on a ship and they were moored in Le Havre in France, which is actually right across the channel for where I live right here in Britain. And he wrote my mom a love letter and one of the statements in the love letters that we are not just imitators. Christ is not just an imitation of God, but an incarnation of God. And that is a beautiful thought that Jesus Christ did not only pursue to represent God to us, and he did, in all that he is, says and does, he proves himself to be God himself, but he was the embodiment of God. Colossians 1.19 and Colossians 2.9, these two, two parts says that it pleased the Father that the fullness of himself would dwell in Jesus Christ bodily. Within the Christian life, this is a very important question to be answered because people can sometimes think they are very spiritual because of the revelations they have. And while those revelations may be without question real, the scripture says in First Corinthians, no, in First Timothy 3, verse 16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God is revealed in the flesh. And this is a very important part in the whole working of God in revealing himself. God said, let us make man. In our image, he created them. Both male and female, he created them and blessed them. It says in Genesis 1.26. But then, so he spoke those things that were not as though they were. He spoke it into being. That is what predestination is. He says, this is what man is predestined to be, the image of God. Then he formed him a body from the dust of the earth and breathed this word, this life. He breathed, the Bible says, that we shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He breathed this living word, Christ, into that body and man became a living being. And that body gave expression of the invisible God. The invisible God became visible in man. Let us make man in our image. So that's simple what it means, predestined, and then what he predestined, he also called into being. What he called into being, he declared holy and right in his sight through the resurrection of the dead to partake of his heavenly glory. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 29 through verse 30. And 
Friends, it is so wonderful when you begin to discover that it is the loving Heavenly Father who wants you and me to embody Him by His Holy Spirit coming to live within us. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is not your own? It has been bought at a price with the precious blood of Christ. And it is the temple of God's Holy Spirit. The first and foremost reason that you and I live in this body is to make God visible. And that should be our passion and desire that God is revealed in us through His Son, who is the perfect image of God. You know, I just recently saw my mom, very shortly. I had a dental appointment uh, in the Netherlands and I went by to see my mom. And she is almost 97 and she's really sleepy in the natural realm. So she's really ready to go to heaven. But I sat down with her for a moment. My dearest, dearest, sweetest sister. Well, all four of my sisters are amazing, but this sister is Daniela. She took care of me in 1978 when I broke my neck. She was in the hospital with me nonstop, loving on me. She's the most lovely woman of God. My sister Daniela married with her husband Patrick and their three children, beautiful children, and they're pastors in the church in the Netherlands. But she takes care of my mom and she said, yeah, that ma, her left arm was hurting. So I said, oh, well, let me pray for it. So my mom is just sitting there in the chair, real sweet real lovely, content in, in the Lord, you know, but not necessarily that communicative because she's sleepy, so her senses are not very active. And lay hand on her arm and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, whop, manifested in power. And the moment the Holy Spirit manifested in power, that fountain of life in her sprung up into her senses and into her body and you could see her face alight and her senses and she began to pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in tongues and begin to pray by the Holy Spirit words of life that are written in her heart and mind. It was heaven come down and glory filled our souls. It was just so when we, it was heavenly. And my sister is sitting there watching this. And she says, wow, wow, it was glorious, glorious. And all her senses were alive. You know, the scripture says in Romans 8, verse 10 or 11, that the flesh is given life by the spirit. You see, the flesh without the spirit is dead in its own nature. But it is through Christ in us, the breath of God in us, the word living in us, that we become alive in our senses to express the image of God. So when I say to you, be imitators of God, I'm not just trying to play act anything, my friend. No, it is God revealing himself in us through his son, Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit. So here in Ephesians 5 verse 1, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. You know, dear friends, as human beings, no matter how filled with the Spirit you are, no matter how much you live in the power of God through Christ in you, no matter if you don't know Jesus at all, as human beings, we are all susceptible to influence. 
we all can naturally begin to express the atmosphere that we are in, that we're surrounded by. We can begin to express it. The simplest example right here, you, so in other words, you're just a human, you're not Christian or anything, you, you know. I came to live, in other words, this is any human being is what I'm trying to say. It's not just a certain kind of human being that has this. No, we all have this. But when I, for example, came to live here in Folkestone in 1988 or 89, 89, 1989, I moved and lived here. I just all of a sudden got so tired. And I had been working hard day and night, so I thought, Okay, maybe I need a bit of a rest. Maybe I pushed it too hard. So I'd sleep eight, eight hours, sleep eight hours, sleep eight hours, sleep eight hours. And after about four or five days of sleeping eight hours a night, I didn't feel any better. So I understood immediately, this has nothing to do with the lack of sleep. This is the heaviness here in this area. That there is a spirit of heaviness the Bible talks about in Isaiah. In this area, heavy. The people are just too much retired of life and I discovered that this area is full of retirement homes and please don't misunderstand I'm not saying people in a retirement home are not being godly or anything but a retirement home means you're, you're, you're finishing your life you're con concluding your journey for the time that you're there and, and then finish it so I just understood this has nothing to do with the lack of rest. This has to do with the environment. That's the point I'm trying to make. And it was influencing me very real. And I began to pray and, and the Holy Spirit lifted me above it. And no problem. It's kind of like the smog. When you're in it, you can't see it. But when you come above it, then you can see the smog below you. When you rise with an airplane out of a town, where there's a lot of smog, you could see it like a layer laying over the earth. And, it, and so we're all susceptible to influence. And that's why it is so eternally vital that we live by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. You see, the Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 12, Ephesians 2 verse 12, at that time, you were without Christ. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You were stranger to the covenants of God's promises. Without any divine hope, you were without God in the world. You see, when people don't know Christ, this Christian life is a mystery. They don't get it. They look at us and they think, well, being a Christian is going to church. Being a Christian is carrying a Bible. Being a Christian is praying a prayer. And yes, that's right. That is part of it, but that doesn't make you a Christian. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Reading the Bible doesn't make you a Christian. Praying doesn't make you a Christian. Christ in us is the only thing that makes you a true Christian. And yes, those who have Christ by His loving Spirit, desire to read the Word, desire to communicate with the Heavenly Father, desire to get it together with His family in worship in the church. So yes, that is part of what Christians do, but it's not what makes you a Christian. It's Christ in you and without Christ in us. You see, people don't listen to this. 
People that don't have Christ in them don't understand what it means to be a Christian. They don't understand us. Why do they not understand us? And I'll give you an example of what I mean by don't understand. They see you in traffic maybe getting a hot temper or they see you being a bit rude and then they see you in church laying up, lifting up your hands and weeping and worshiping and they go, oh, you hypocrites. Look at you standing there in church with your hands lifted up when you were so so unkind in traffic. And they have a point. We do need to live in a way that's worthy of God. So they do have a point, but they don't know us. That lifting up your hands and worshiping with maybe tears, doesn't have to be tears, is real Christian fellowship with God. It's real. It's powerful. It's not hypocritical. You say, yeah, but their behavior isn't Christian. That's right. The good work God began, He will complete and perfect at the coming of His Son. But He continuously transforms us and we're changed from one degree of His glory to another. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, 18. But you see, friends, we can still act very human and still we partake of this divine nature. And here is the real imitation, imitating our fathers, dear children. But come on, look at your own kids. You love them. You do anything to protect them and keep them. And you do anything to defend them. And yet they can sometimes behave very rudely or have anger fits that you go, my goodness, how is that possible? We're not like that as parents, but look at how my kids behave. But you love them, you defend them. The Heavenly Father does the same. See, the only way you could truly know what a Christian is to know Christ yourself. You need to know Christ for yourself. And then you can see that we imitate our loving Heavenly Father as dear children and that that grows and becomes strong. But without Jesus Christ, you don't really know what that means. You don't understand what a Christian really is. Here in chapter 4 of Galatians, verse 8, We then, indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather, are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? And Paul's talking about going back to traditional forms of the worship of the old covenant which were symbolic to the real worship in spirit and truth through our fellowship with father through the son in other words all of us can lose our way when it comes to our imitating god our father jesus christ always said do you see me you see the father see the description that Jesus gave of God was a loving father who cared for him, who lived in him, who was with him, who never left him, who upheld him, who guided him, who instructed him, who taught him, who enabled him, who empowered him. It was a union that isn't just an imitation as in a carbon print of it. No, it is the very embodiment of God. You know, if I would take my phone here, I could show you a picture of my wife. But this 
is a image of her, but it's not her. Now you understand that. And you see, to imitate your father is not just being a picture of him, but embodying him, him living in us by his Holy Spirit. And it's so important, friends, that you grasp this privilege, this high, wonderful gift of God that he comes to dwell in us. It says in John 14, verse 23. Oh, how I love these thoughts. How I love these thoughts and thank God for it. Jesus answered and said to them, if anyone loves me, he will be, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. You see, as you begin to give your love to Christ and begin to set your love upon him and his word, and you allow it to begin to fill that seed, that living word fills your heart and mind, it springs to life, and you begin to experience by the Holy Spirit living inside of you, the Father and His Son and Spirit, where you begin to embody this heavenly life and you imitate Him, but not in some picture like I showed you on my phone, but in the Spirit, in the life. And we must never, ever get away from this. I mean, I'll give you a scripture here that I think is one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible, <laughs> which is hard to say when the word all is active and alive and powerful. But here in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, it says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. You see, when we talk about be imitators of God as dear children, we're talking about God so revealing himself in us that those who know him recognize him in us and receive us as part of the family because as Ephesians says, we have the same Father, we have the same Lord Jesus, we have the same Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter if we are male or female, if we're one culture or another, or one race or another, we are all one in Jesus Christ. And the Heavenly Father has reconciled all of those who are in heaven and earth to himself through giving them the new birth in Jesus or the life of the Son of God who is the perfect image and the imprint of the Father is revealed in all of us. When Jesus talked about being an imitator of his Father, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Or he said in John 14 verse 7, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and you see him. Philip, who had been with him from the beginning, then said to him, Lord, show us the Father. And that's all we ask. That will be sufficient. 
He said, Philip, have you been with me so long and don't you know me? Don't you know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, Philip, I don't speak of my own authority. It is the Father who is in me who does the works. Jesus Christ was the imitator of God in that he embodied him. Look at this verse. This is Hebrews 1 verse 3. He, Jesus, is the sole expression, the outraying or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power when he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, set down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. He is the sole expression and glory of God the light being, the outraying of the radiance of the divine, the very imprint and image of God's nature and so forth. This is what I'm talking about. Now, perhaps you listen to this devotion and you say, Pastor, you were talking about Jesus. I'm not Jesus. That's true. But Jesus is in you. Jesus is in you, Christ in us, the hope of glory, Colossians 1 verse 27, and Ephesians 3 verse 14, for this purpose, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father of glory, that he may grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened with his mighty power in your inward man, so that Christ may dwell in you by faith, that you begin to believe by the Holy Spirit's power that Jesus Christ is revealing himself in you. The heavenly Christ is manifesting his life. Or as Paul would say in Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live it, but Christ in me. You see that? And the life I live is not my own. It's the life of the Son of God in me who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, how I love these thoughts, how I love this, that my loving Father reconciles me to himself by revealing his Son in me. And what he looks for when I appear before him is that I'm radiant with the life of his Son and his presence. And that radiance is so glorious that it clothes me so I will not be found naked in his presence, but I will be clothed with the light of the life of the Son of God. He who is in me, Christ, is like a mirror, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And as Jesus, who is that life that is like a mirror in me, appears in the twinkling of an eye when I see him, I will be made perfect in his likeness as his heavenly holy life is perfected or reflected in me, expressed in me to all of its full glory. I will be made perfect without spot and wrinkle. He will present me to the Father clothed in the glory of Christ and the Father will be glorified through His Son in me and I will have a bold entrance into my everlasting home. My dear friends, when we talk about Imitate your heavenly fathers, dear children. That's what we're talking about. Now begin to believe this. Begin to pray it. Begin to pursue it. 
have a vision for yourself that God has predestined me to be conformed to the image of His Son. God has called me to live this and this is what He's working in me by His Spirit revealing His Son in me so that through His Son I may have a warm welcome in His presence. Oh my goodness, what a glorious salvation we have in Jesus. Amen. Have a good day.